there's a new breed of revivalists that are emerging in the earth today. You were born into the greatest hour in all of history. Your job is to prepare the way and to usher in the reign of Jesus into a city and into neighborhoods and workplaces and campuses. This is what we were born for. Nothing else will satisfy you. There has to be a holy dissatisfaction. It says, God, I will not be satisfied until the entire city is saved. What you have to ask yourself is, am I going to be one of those few that says, I don't care if anybody comes with me. I'm going to give myself a revival. You are listening to the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast. All right, well, welcome to the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast. We are back. Round two. Round two. And if you're with us for round one, you would know that this podcast is a dream come true for us. And uh, it's a fulfillment of many dreams. It's a fulfillment. And we hope that uh, you're really touched by this. I'm very touched. It is going to be good today. So here we go. And we are again with two of the most amazing co hosts ever. On my right is Zach Curry with the JC team here. I do campus ministry and also work with our creative team. And then on my left, Becky Johnson. I'm project manager here at Jesus Culture. And we're excited to be with you during the summer months. I don't know where you live in the world, but wherever you do live in the world, it is. Uh, uh, we are coming from Redding, California, where it is hot. Triple digits. Beyond the heat, we uh, really are here, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, as a leader, our heart is just to support you. And uh, we really feel like the Lord's given us a mandate to come alongside you as a leader, to support you, encourage you, strengthen you, train and equip where necessary. Uh, um, and we want to do that through a variety of ways. Interviews, um, give you the opportunity to ask us questions or some of the people that we have on the on this uh, podcast who can, you know, to have some dialogue with you on questions of things that we cover, as well as give you resources and all kinds of great stuff. And all the stuff that we're bringing to you is stuff that's impacted us. So one of the things I realize is we travel around the world and are able to meet a lot of leaders that uh, um, ultimately, if you're a leader, it means you're living a life in over your head. You're being stretched constantly. You're having to grow. Uh, you're, you're facing you know things that seem impossible that require growth out of you. And so all of us have a real heart to grow as leaders. So the things we're bringing you, whether it's interviews like the one that we're going to do today with Dan Fairley, who is a real mentor in my life, uh, or whether it's books that we recommend or, or even CDs and worship music that we recommend. These are all things that have strengthened and supported us. You need to know the reason why this is a podcast dream is banning. He's thinking about you. He's always talking to us as a team. He's like, we got to get resources. We got to get meat. We got to equip these people. And so that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast and why it's a dream yeah. come true. And we need to inform the, the, the greater world that Reading's hot. That's right. That, that it gets triple digits in here. So so before we jump into our amazing topic today, we're going to be going over communication. We want you to check out a music spotlight uh, that we're featuring, which is Derek Johnson, one of the new Jesus Culture music artists. and um, Who was featured on the album Emerging Voices. Emerging Voices. So check out more about Derek Johnson. We want to share the music that is encouraging us right now. You are listening to the Jesus Culture Music Spotlight. Well, it is one of our favorite parts of the podcast today, it's true. the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast. We are going to dive into the music spotlight, and today we have with us Mr. Derek Johnson. Derek, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you and, guys? And uh, I'm not alone. Who else is here? His wife, 
Myself, Becky Johnson. I am super excited to be interviewing my husband today. I thought this you were going to go cool. into like a list of myself and like <laughs> descriptions about you. Yeah, you know. Who, who else? Who else? <laughs> but we're excited because... The album uh, just came out. The album, the Emerging Voices album was just released. Yeah. And um, we, we brought Derek in here just to talk a little bit about um, the album itself as well as a song uh, or two that that you wrote that were part of it. And again, this, this segment is really to provide a resource of something that would encourage you as a leader in your connection with the Lord and, and those you're ministering to. And um, for us in, in, in this ministry at Jesus Culture, obviously music and, and worship is a big part of it. So first of all, tell us about what, what Emerging Voices is. What we did is there actually was um, kind of a, a mixed assortment of artists who came together, um, brought different songs to create a, a compilation. Um, but we actually did do the album live. So it was a, it was a live setting. We, we tracked all the songs live, and, and we did the worship with um, our school of ministry here. So there was myself, and then there's three other worship leaders that were on it as well. There's uh, Nate, Justin, and Kat. Derek, you've been a part of Jesus Culture, and you've been serving here not only at the church at Bethel here in Reading, but also in various things that we, we do at Jesus Culture. So tell us a little yeah. bit more about you and just your story as a worship leader. Um, well, originally for me, even even starting with music, um, I kind of started out as a drummer. So my first experience in, in playing on, on a worship team or anything like that was, was actually playing as a drummer. I, I probably played drums for a good almost a year before I even started leading worship. So that was my entryway into what worship is in a church and doing congregational worship. And You've been playing music your whole... You've played drums for playing, longer than yeah, a year, been, but yeah, in church. I've, I've been playing music you came my out of whole the life. Playing drums. <laughs> exactly. Let's be honest pretty much, here. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Drumsticks in hand, ready to rock. Um, so that, yeah, that was kind of my, my segue into it. But then about a year into serving at, at, our, at our church back home, um, I actually started leading worship. And so I... Got to cut my teeth there in a really safe place. Um, we had an amazing worship pastor, and she took me under a wing and and really uh, gave me a chance to to just lead. And a lot of times, it's just getting some experience. Um, what is it like to to lead a set and and kind of learn the do's and don'ts in in the moments? And um, so yeah, that that was a little bit of my experience there. And then we actually came out back here. Back home is in Indiana. Back home is Indiana, These two by are the from way. Indiana. These we're, two we're yeah. originally, we've been here, we've been in Reading, California for five years, but when you say back home, we, back knows? home, yeah, it's the heartland. It's Indiana. We Midwest. grew up, grew up surrounded by cornfields. So it's very exciting. Very exciting. So then, yeah, when, when we actually moved out to Reading, California, we, we both attended school ministry. And so even there, um, I, I joined the worship team and continued learning more as a leader, getting more experience. You know, the fun thing about school ministry is the age group is just so expansive. So it's just like it's just like leading at uh, at a church every Sunday, where it's not just uh, young adults or you know any specific age group, but it's definitely a big mixture. So that, so that was fun and just getting to learn um, again, like I said, just the ins and outs of, of leading worship and getting that experience. Yeah. yeah, and you've led at several of the G- Jesus Culture conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Some of our um, young adult leader con- uh, youth pastor conferences, and then just recently in New York in June. Yes. And um, you know, one thing I appreciate about you is not only your heart for worship, but your heart to serve. Um, just, you know, we know you closer than, you know, maybe some because you're a part of this movement, yeah, but yeah. just, you know, Derek, you've gone down with me to, to Berkeley and ministering to students. You're, you're working with a youth group and your heart yeah. is not just to lead worship and be a musician, but to serve and, and part of what you bring is, you know, 
taking people into a place of encountering God. And yeah, so this album totally. is, is a great picture of that, not only just with yourself, but the, the artists that, that are also on this. But um, talk a little bit more about the, some of the songs that you're on there. Specifically, tell us more about um, I Belong to You in that song. Um, yeah, totally. Was that about Becky? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. Well, The world know, is listening. It, 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 it could have been, but no. <laughs> no, it, it isn't, unfortunately. I'm sorry, honey. Uh, it was about Jesus. <laughs> um, no, the, the funny thing for me is, is typically uh, the majority of the songs that I write, they're really coming out of me processing my own um, relationship with the Lord, my own experiences with the Lord, and even things that are just on my heart or things that I want to see. And um, even with a song like I Belong to You, it, it was definitely me you know, kind of stirring up that I want to see a generation who is who set themselves apart to just love Jesus, just fully to go after Him, and and not only that, but out of their own relationship with the Lord, they'd stir up a passion to to affect the world around them, and that really is you know a lot of the song kind of revolves around that. Obviously, the chorus is that I belong to you, but but you know each one of the verses ends with the line, um, you know, let let your love fill the world. So it's it's just singing out that declaration that God, we want to see you impact the world around us. And a cool thing is you um, you first led that song at Encounter mm-hmm. this past yeah. year, and I remember he came home and he said, that was so cool to see because when I wrote this song, I imagined a young generation, a group of young worshipers singing this out. And I, he was thinking, you know, you said you thought of the power that would be released right. if people, yeah. if a group of young people would declare this. And so then to see that happen was a really cool moment. For me, as your wife, I was backstage yeah. just watching. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's kind of just a moment here. They're gazing <laughs> into each other's eyes, <laughs> talking, reminiscing. It it's pretty amazing. It is. This is cool because Becky's a huge part of, of this team, and it's fun that you're here as well. And yeah. um, you, you both bring so much. But one, one more quick question that I want to ask you is: We have uh, leaders that are listening. This is the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast, and uh, many of them are leading young adults or leading students, whether it's in a traditional church as a pastor or or various other forms right. of ministry, um, or, or even beyond that. What would you say to a leader who's leading others about? Um, maybe a tip or what you could pass on to them is ways to bring people into encountering the Lord, specifically through worship and music. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me, um, and it's always what I, what I kind of monitor in my own life, um, to really feel that empowerment to go out and lead other people into an experience with God. Um, for me, it's, it's stewarding my own relationship with the Lord. So it's the, you know, the worshiping and leading worship out of, out of a place of overflow. So you know, the only time that I, it's not like when I go and lead worship, that's the only time I've had with the Lord that week. Um, but it's but it's really sustaining that relationship, you know, Monday through Sunday, just, just all week long, really stewarding that and building that with the Lord so that there is that element of authenticity when, when you're leading. So you're not just leading out of a place, like, oh, I've been given a position and so I can I can minister from this, but it's, you know, I've been given this position to, to steward something, to actually bring... Um, fruit to this moment. 
That's good. You know? That's really good. Well, we want to encourage you check out Emerging Voices. It is available to you now, and you won't regret it. And definitely be a, a, an encouragement for you and also to those you're leading. And uh, Derek, thanks again for being in here. Yeah, it's on absolutely. iTunes. It's available on iTunes. on iTunes. And you can go to jesusculture.com slash emerging voices to watch videos, track previews, and learn more about the album. Or go well. to jesusculture.com forward slash JC podcast and get more information there. It's That's like right. we will not hold back nope. in giving you Anywhere resources. pulled some strings for that one, I'm not going to lie. She did. She pulled some strings. But Derek's one of our all-time favorite worship leaders. And uh, you can catch him at our conferences in different yeah. places. Check him out online. All right, hey, listen, this week our topic, uh, last podcast, our topic was uh, community, which is really, uh, you know, when we started out, when I started out in ministry, there was kind of two legs that the Lord made me stand on, two things he really took me into school over, the secret place and community, things I'm still 17 years later in ministry growing in. Uh, but the topic today is, uh, I believe, massive. It's just massive, the issue of communication. Uh, and there's communication, relational communication and marriages and family and everything. But today we want to talk specifically about communication, team communication, whether that's somebody that you're following, whether that's a peer or whether that's somebody you're leading. I think uh, the, one of the things that I've seen is, is people don't have the skill set sometimes. It's one of the number one things I think that breaks uh, uh, organizations and ministries down is miscommunication, lack of communication, bad communication. And it's also one of the areas that I just don't feel like people are trained in that well. It's something for me, again, I, I started ministry when I was 19 full-time, I'm 36, 17 years, still feeling like I've got to grow in this area and seeing how vital it really is. And it's one of the massive needs I see, especially from young leaders. Yeah, and as we were just talking over, what's a, another topic that we could go over? First of all, we said, what starts with a C? We That's just did communities, so we did that. And then secondly, we thought, man, what, what's, what's a resource that we have in our world here at Bethel that we could pass on to others? And we instantly thought of Dan yeah. and just th- this topic of communication, like you men- mentioned, and how integral it is in so many layers and levels of, of leadership and, and really something worth talking about and, and going into. And so without yeah. further ado, let's welcome in the studio with us today. Shameless plugs will be coming. Yeah, no, but to, honestly, a guy who's impacted my life greatly for the last 17 years that I wanted to uh, have him come talk to you. So Dan, welcome. Thanks for coming and hanging out Thanks. with us. Right. Really glad to be here. Dan, before we get in, we've got some questions that Zach's going to ask and Beck, you're going to ask. Before we do that, if we could just get to know you very briefly, can you give us a quick history? A couple things. One, quick history of uh, where you come from, leadership. Two, favorite cereal. And listen, I think favorite cereal says a lot, a lot about somebody. Wow. Like we've had people that said, uh, I make my own granola. I'm just saying, that says... <laughs> we've had, we've had no. analysts come in <laughs> with the types of cereal. I mean, I make like. my own granola says a lot about you or... You know, Lucky Charms says a lot about you. Yeah, so, absolutely. 
we would like to also know your favorite cereal. But first, why can you give us a quick history of where you're coming from? And well, yeah, I've been uh, a Christian for almost all my life, and was raised in the church, and um, called to ministry at 17 or so. Uh, raised in a, in a house that didn't have a great communication style, a lot of passion. We used to just yell and... Irish. Yes, yes. <laughs> yell and fight or withdraw and get silent or punish. We had all sorts of tools. So I didn't have a tool set, you know, until I was in my 20s and was at a going to be uh, working at a camp with a bunch of junior hires and, and elementary kids. A guy came in and taught communication. I'm like, where has this been my whole life? You mean it's that simple? So yeah. um, there are some just real obvious tools that are so readily available to you right away. You can start using them and, and was blessed by that. So I went to Bible school and all that sort of stuff and then came here to Bethel Church and, about and 20. And has his master's in divinity. Oh, uh, yes. In yes. Div. One of the poorly... Most poorly named <laughs> degrees. <laughs> Masters of Divinity. <laughs> listen, listen, we don't just bring any type of guests in here. No. We bring in guests that are MDS. highly educated. With letters, MDS. yes. And they make up for us. <laughs> and then you've been working on uh, a staff at a church here at Bethel for how long? Yeah, for about 20 years. 20 years. So I was a uh, singles pastor and just more recently doing the school of ministry and various tasks. You've been in the trenches with everything you're talking oh, yeah. about. Absolutely. And listen, uh, before we ask some questions, favorite cereal? Uh, it's hard to narrow it down, frankly. I mean, <laughs> which also says certainly, a lot about somebody. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to drop a few pounds, so I'm not eating that stuff now. But <laughs> Captain Crunch, and then with Crunch Berries, if you can push past the pain of your, the cuts on the roof of your mouth, which you really do I'm get a cuts. man. Well, they are. It's they're brutal. They're like tiny razor blades. I'm glad I don't you worry about it. I thought I was alone. At Halloween, like, oh man, they're like an apple with a razor blade. Same thing. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. There's like they should put an age limit on who and what age can chew if Captain you Crunch. Could push past the pain. Absolutely, the several man's cereal. So that says a lot about me there. <laughs> Applejacks too. They're sweet. <laughs> I can eat a whole box of Applejacks or cinnamon toast crunch in a night <laughs> for dessert. <laughs> I don't have them in the house though because I'm mature enough to not. Okay, do that. and yeah. again, I hope that lets you gives you a little a little picture of Dan Fairley. And we will have a report at the end of, at the end of this podcast on what that means. Yeah, and, uh, true. That well, Captain Crunch has you know you have the blood taste as well, so it's, <laughs> it's certainly that one's ripe for some sort of analysis. <laughs> Well, listen, let's jump in, Dan. Again, we appreciate you coming, but uh, let's just jump in and, and talk. And the first question that I have for you is, what, what are some of the biggest communication challenges that that you see occur within teams? Yeah, probably the, the one you guys have already mentioned is that we're, we're just not taught this stuff. We learned our, our uh, communication style on the playground, you know, or learned it in our house with our parents and then honed it on the fifth and sixth grade playground. So these are not great places to learn you know, uh, lessons about how to be successful in communication. And so a lot of us learned, you know, conflict doesn't work or you've got to get mad to have a really successful conflict or whoever's the most intimidating wins or whoever is the biggest victim wins. And so we have all these kind of crazy mindsets that we have about communication. So first one is just a lack of education about uh, and a lack of um, like tools about how to grow and get better uh, at this. What's the goal of communication? Because even as you're talking about the skill set for me, even recognizing what's going on inside of you to be able to communicate yeah. is a skill set I didn't even have. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, with teams, what's the goal that we're trying to do with communication? Well, I think it's to be able to actually hear what other people are trying to communicate and to not, uh, even if they don't get the words right or the content right, you're listening uh, to make a connection. So you're actually trying to build a bridge to be closer on the other side of conflict. You actually can build trust like, hey, I've, I've fought with you and you fought fair and you thought of me and not just yourself. And 
man, my respect for you, my trust in you has just gone through the roof because of the way we fought with really, uh, you know, graciousness and with honor. So for me, it's a way of, we talk about the culture of honor around here. And so uh, for me, it's a way of having honor in our language. It's really essential. We have it in our hearts sometimes. We don't quite get it out of our mouths. <laughs> Why do you call it brave communication? I think partly these tools have been so important to me because I actually don't like conflict. And uh, there's always a winner and loser in conflict for me. And even still, I get kind of anxious about having conflict with people. People think because I have this series, I like it. It's like, no, I actually had to really take these tools on so that I can be more successful in the moment of conflict and, and not panic or run away or not avoid. And so it, there's lots of things that are hard messages to send that, especially on teams, you know, hard messages with each other, like, hey, that, that meeting didn't go so well, or I'm really not getting along with that person. I don't know what to do. There's lots of things on teams that need to be talked about that generally tend to get avoided. I actually love the the name because it, it sticks it sticks with you. And when you when you listen through um, or watch this this series that you put together, like even today, like I, I needed to have a conversation with somebody, and it just it kind of gives you a little bit of courage and like yeah, but you know you yeah. you, you engage. It, it draws you into communication, and it's really stood out to me. So actually, I love no, that's it. that's a really you important point. You think of Braveheart. Point. You think of... Absolutely, just, yeah. There's a lot of images that but come especially up. Especially for Rambo. some of us. Yes, exactly. Not not so much Rambo, but okay, thank you for right. that. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, I know that um, it, it can be difficult sometimes to even know what's going wrong. So how would you... What are some tips on how to identify the key communication breakdowns or, or pitfalls within a team? Sure. I, I, one is just not realizing how much emotion is involved in our communication. We, especially men, we tend to think this is, this is all in the realm of logic and reason. If my reasons are better, you'll agree with me Amen. and I'll win. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not universally that way, but it does tend to have some sort of, a, you know, go along those lines. So partly there's a lot emotionally at stake in every, every time we have to have brave communication. And we tend to not, our, our brain lies to us and says, I'm not scared or that didn't hurt. And uh, it confuses us because somebody can tell like, boy, you're getting really red in the face while we're talking, yet you say you're not upset. And now I've got a mixed and confused message. Body language. So, yeah. so yeah, your body language is saying something. Why are you so upset? I'm not upset. You're like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, you know, th- that would be it. There's a ton of emotion behind our communication and mm-hmm. we just don't own that. Mm-hmm. We don't own it ourselves. We don't own it in other people. We don't go in... Um, aware of it. I think subconsciously aware of it. Like, I'm afraid of my emotions, so I'm not going to talk to you. But we don't go the next round and think, well, okay, what are they feeling? How do I overcome this fear? And those sorts of steps. How, how would you, or what are some ways or tools that you would say are key to being aware or signals to look for? Well, partly it's, you kind of hit it with the idea of brave, is that this is about engaging people and building closer connection rather than withdrawing. Some folks are like, I'm going to not get upset by withdrawing to my Zen place, you know, and you don't matter or you're not that important or this isn't that important to me. And they feel like that's the way they have to stay in control. But actually having a powerful set of tools that you're able to use and then engaging folks is one. So if you're in a meeting looking around, you can tell, actually people know this stuff. They can tell who's engaged, who's not engaged, who's bored, who's not, who just got hurt by somebody's feelings. How deeply do they get hurt? You know, like there's been times in meetings I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if you, you know, I've had to say stuff like, I don't know if you meant to be harsh, but Banning probably experienced that as harsh. And I'm wondering what, what Banning's doing right now. Cause you know, Banning, I see you kind of shutting down, which I see a lot in meetings. Thank you, gonna, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. I noticed you haven't talked take a, a lot. Moment here. Actually, I'm glad you <laughs> brought you. that up. Thank we you. really wanted you to be on this show <laughs> because was there harsh. were some things we wanted to talk to Banning about and we were hoping that uh, yeah, wait, you no, could was, be a, Dude, a, a, I've already said him a, a thousand mediator. times, I'm sure. So. <laughs> I don't need this communication stuff. Leave me alone. <laughs> 
So, you know, that that would be some of the the pitfalls. I, I think that uh, folks don't want to, you talked about it feels wooden. Folks don't <laughs> think they need to practice or change. They're like, hey, I, I got to be me. This is the best me I can be. You got to deal with it. If you can't deal, I live without regrets. And so, you know, all, all that sort of kind of, un- yeah, does Banning say that a lot? Or... <laughs> But we one of the hosts in here does. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them unnamed. But uh, that that realization, I got to grow. I can get better at this. And mm-hmm. I spent a little bit of time talking about Proverbs. You can't read the book of Proverbs and just go exactly right. without kind of going. Oh, the Lord actually cares about how I talk and how I communicate. And is actually Proverbs says quite clearly that the way I talk, the way I communicate, the way I listen, sets me up for success or failure. And I and. Proverbs is a book of wisdom to help us get smarter about stuff. And so, could you touch on that as a leader? I think that um, a lot of leaders want to put the responsibility on somebody else. Yeah. If there's a disconnect in the relationship, if there's a problem with people, it's like it's like their fault, you know, yeah. or somehow it's it's they have an attitude or they are whatever it is. And I don't. This isn't really a question, but can you address that a little bit as leaders? Like we have to begin to say, I'm going to grow and take responsibility. Yeah. And the environment that I lead, yeah. I, I'm the one that's leading it. Yeah, absolutely. We have to model this. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think it's important that we, we think in three ways. Just there's folks that we lead that we can kind of get away with a certain sort of communication and maybe get a little bit lazy about because we're in the position of power. And then there's folks who lead us, whereas if we do that same thing, it feels like disrespect to them. And then, you know, sometimes even have a different deal with our peers. And so being aware at some level, is this a, a peer-to-peer communication or am I in a position of power with this person I'm leading or is somebody else in a position of power with me? Is some of the ways I think I think about communication that I have to have, um, you know, going into the, in, in the moment, I'll be like, okay, this person's my boss. I'm going to be more careful about this and maybe follow Daniel's example of kind of making an appeal up, you know. But to your point, yeah, I think when the leader just goes, I got to be me and you all have to change, that just doesn't make for a trusted, uh, secure, safe, empowered environment. There's people covering for our our blind spots really strongly, having to just just pretend something's not happening or something is uh, really unfair or something really mean isn't being said or, you know, all those sorts of things. And I, I know that everybody listening to this podcast, the leaders are listening, they all want to grow. I mean, that's just so, you know, I know that everybody wants to. Absolutely. This is really great stuff. We're having a great time here. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and get into some practical stuff of of walking out this brave communication. Emerge is an online curriculum program designed to equip and train your students to be carriers of revival everywhere they go. Currently, Emerge Kingdom is available to try and purchase. And the next program, Emerge Identity, is in the making. For more information, go to emerge.jesusculture.com. All right, we're back here with Mr. Dan Fairley, and we're talking about brave communication. Uh, Dan for Fairley, team. MDiv. MDiv, sorry. <laughs> As I look back over over my leadership life, some of the some of the biggest messes that just felt impossible, that were just messy and sticky and raw and vulnerable, uh, uh, really came down to many times just miscommunication or mm-hmm. bad communication or lack of communication. Yeah. And some of the biggest disconnect, I think one of the main goals of communication is actually connection. Absolutely. Is that yeah. we're trying to establish connection and intimacy with one another, and that happens through communication. Yeah. Even in conflict. Even yeah. in conflict. Yeah. And, and that's what I've seen over the years, that some of the situations that could have been the most blown up the most because they had they were such conflict and had the most potential to explode, 
because of the communication skills that we have, actually produce the most connection and intimacy. And I think that a lot of leaders lead out there with a ton of anxiety in their environment. They lead with disconnection happening everywhere. They lead with uh, 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 you know messes happening simply because they will not be intentional and deliberate about growing in their communication skills and creating an environment and a culture where healthy communication happens. Over time, you just you make so many withdrawals from the trust in a relationship, and, and it's pretty soon there's no trust there. You can actually make deposits in somebody's life through communicating properly and appropriately, and, and then you have a lot of what we call you know, relational capacity. Your relationship can, has a capacity to handle a lot of conflict and to do a lot of really creative problem solving as you've built trust through your words and through your style. I think that's a great point. Talk more about some of the things that a leader can do to create an environment with or a culture within a team to, to do just like you talked about. Are there other practical things that you would say creating that culture of brave communication? Uh, two of the simplest ones are have been out there for a while, but Stephen Covey said them really well in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's When I come into a situation, I'm looking for a win for them and a win for me. That's a really simple bumper sticker way of thinking about how do I empower this person? How do I make this not about a winner and a loser in this conflict, but that we both win? And if you walk around trying to make, you know, we call it love, seeking another's highest best good. <laughs> and if we walk around trying to, how can I get your best good? And then not forget that I have a best good. I have needs as well. And so looking for that win-win is one. And the other simple one Cubby has that is helpful is try to understand people before you make yourself understood. Just getting that priority right, like, Hey, help me understand what you're thinking there, or uh, I'm confused. Could you go over that, you know, just one more time? Yeah, that, that stuff's uh, important and key to do, uh, and has saved me many times when I was going to have a conflict. And I, it was so there was so much anxiety. I had my list. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this. And um, being able to go, well, help me understand what was going on for you. I'll get new information, and then my list is out the window. Be like, oh, I didn't know you were scared. Uh, you know, I, di- I didn't know you were under all that anxiety. I, I didn't know your your dad's dying, and that's what was behind that tone or that sort of deal. So seeking to understand first, then make yourself understood, super simple, super helpful. I know this is kind of putting you on the spot, but do you have any um, stories or examples where you've seen kind of brave communication at its best through, through just what you were talking about, some of those tools of engaging, being aware, Covey has the funniest one, or the most obvious accessible one that's in his book, and he's talking about how he's, he's a communicator, he's a national speaker and author, and he's on the subway, and this man's children are making a, just making everybody uncomfortable on the subway because they're running all over, these young kids are just out of control and everything. So Covey thinks, well, nobody else is addressing this, so I'll go over and address this with this man. So he, he says something like, sir, I don't know if you know this, but your kids are disturbing other passengers, so I'm wondering if you could you know, do something about that. And he goes, oh, sure, absolutely. And he says, kids, kids, get over here. And I'm so sorry. He's like, we just got back from the hospital. Their mom's been dying of leukemia. She just passed away today. I'm at wit's end. I don't know what to do with myself. And so it's a great illustration of like, Covey felt, you know, went from being this powerful communicator. I'm now the defender of the needs of everybody else on the subway car too. I feel about two inches tall and like the dumbest man in the world. And (laughs) would have been a great time to, you know, find, get, seek to understand first. And then he would have totally changed about what was going on. It would have been a different in, interaction that he had with a man. Which so, is really interesting. One of the things that I've seen with a bunch of young leaders is they have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of us get paid money to know what the right answer is and to have things figured out. And so we go into interpersonal relationships like that. 
And, uh, you know, I'm like, I know exactly what's going on with you. Yeah. I know exactly what's going on with your heart. I know your motives. I know exactly what's happening. How, what do we do about that? How do you avoid that thing where uh, um, you kind of have people figured out or you know exactly what their motives are or you know what they're thinking or, you know? Uh, it's a really important point because uh, I think it's through habit. You simply have to tell yourself, I know I like to prepare. If he says this, I'm going to say this. And if she says this, I'm going to say this. But that's just going to make a disastrous mess. So you kind of have to go in. We have a phrase that you know one of our guys uses, turn your love on, turn your affection on. Even in the midst of the anxiety of this conflict is like, hey, I gotta, I'm looking for a win for both of us. I'm looking for a way to get my message heard. I do need the situation to change. Or I'm, there are things we're unwilling to have go on anymore. You know, and and uh, but sometimes we do need some more information before we're we're kind of pulling that last lever or making that sort of decision. So I think you you have to kind of get rid of that. I've got you figured out. I know people. I have intuition, and more. It's listening. I mean, you, you asked about what the pitfalls are. It's like if you don't listen to people, you really can't build a relationship. Uh, I have another illustration. We have a, a code book, a secret code book that we use, and we think everybody has the same code book. But it's actually a secret code book. Nobody else has the same exact one, and they all have different meanings and things. And we've talked about this. Like if you, you know, if we're working on a project and I hear you breathe out of your nose a particular way, I know what that nose noise means. It's the same thing as my father when he's frustrated because I'm not catching this well enough. We have huge, complex code books. They're they're gigantic. And so some of these ways we have to kind of realize that this person I'm I'm having a conflict with maybe just sees it different. Their code book's different. They're not trying to kill me. They have a different understanding. That's actually one of the most practical ways I've seen this play out with me. For me, the word, it's the word sure. So for me, the word sure means I don't really want to. So people would say, you know, even in the office at home, I'd ask somebody to do something. They'd say, sure. And I'd go, wow, fine. They don't, they don't want to help me out. That's great. <laughs> awesome. You know what? I hate Forget them. it. And, you know, I'm having a conversation and my coworker's like, hey, sure means I'd love to. Sure means it's no problem. Yeah. And I'm like. That could not be more opposite of what I was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that just that recognition and uh, and realization of okay, the code book that does not mean that to me. Right. And just making and the, that, these that code simple book things switch. Yeah. Aren't right or wrong. Usually they are just a matter of style. And absolutely. For, and we adjust. We're like, oh, in that person's code book, that means this, and in that person, that means this, and that's how we build intimacy. We we kind of show each other our our secret code books. This is so good, and we could keep going on this for a long time. We want to make sure you get um, Dan's um, series, whether it's the the DVDs or the CDs, Brave Communication. If you go to um, uh, jesusculture.com forward slash JC podcast, you can get a link to where you can purchase that and and go through that as an individual, as a leader, or with your team, or anywhere like that. And I really can't recommend it um, highly enough. And obviously, in the few minutes we have together on a podcast, we're not going to be able to get into all this type of stuff. But, But as a leader communication and not 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 pulpit communication communication is 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 if you're not growing in it you're just not going to be an effective leader yeah, yeah that's right absolutely. so we're dan thank you so much for being here Dan, thanks for coming in he's I'm not blessed. leaving quite I'm yet thankful. we got to transition here into our favorite part of what's our favorite part of the cut co- what's what is it becky banning's book club Banning's book club. i have a goal of taking over oprah's book club <laughs> good luck surpassing with that. it one day <laughs> on that note we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back <laughs> Book Club. Well, hello. Are you here for book club? Books that all will have inspired, encouraged, and equipped us. All right. Well, here we go, guys. Welcome once again to Banning's Book Club. 
Very excited. Uh, again, it feels like you should get a cup of coffee and get in a leather recliner. And get your real book, not your iPad or Oh, e-reader. yes, yes. Listen, and all of you that voted on Twitter, whether you're an iPad or a physical book person, uh, a Dan, iPad or physical book person? Physical book, my friend. Uh, you can write in them and read them in the tub. So Yes, yes, that's it's what so I said. so weird. We, that came up in I said, you know, you know that you're not an iPad. You know, you, it's a travesty when you drop your book and it costs you $700 to replace it. But that's it. So, Bane's Book Club. Today, I am joined by a very special, special guest you're today. You're deferring today, In my you? book club, Dan Fairley. As I said before, he has a master's in divinity, so I'm almost positive he's going to have some good <laughs> book recommendation. Uh, uh, but Dan is also a teacher at our school of ministry, yeah. uh, 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 one of the main Bible teachers, if not the main Bible teacher, dean of the school. One of them, yeah. And so, uh, Dan, thanks for joining our book club today. Glad to be here again. Woo! Still. <laughs> he's still here. We love it. Woo. Dan, what's the uh, uh, the book club of the month? 30 Days to Understanding Your Bible. Tell by, us about that. By Max Anders. Uh, it's just a really handy book. It's designed so you read these little very simple chapters, about 15 minutes to read, and every chapter ends with a self-quiz. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to—I'm sorry if you're, you're freaked you're out right now. You're busting out the quizzes right now. Uh, no, I'm, I know. I did every uh, quiz. Which makes you awesome, my friend. But yeah, and you do the quiz from the previous chapter, so you actually start memorizing. What it is, it's a really shorthand way of understanding the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then the second half has some of the key um, doctrines doctrines of of the Bible. So, you know, it's just stuff like, you know, it helps to know that uh, Abraham was about 2,000 years before Jesus, Moses about 1,500 years before Jesus, David's about 1,000 years before Jesus, and the, you know... And everything that happens in the Bible is all happening in the size of Texas. So, so it gets you a good overview of the geography as well as... Um, and it, it does not weigh you down. And when we say quizzes, don't freak out. It's, it's really general. It's knowing the flow of history yeah. and knowing some of the... There's superpowers all in the Bible, and you have to kind of... You're like, well, the Philistines against David. You're like, well, the Philistines are actually like... Around here, it'd be like Chico attacking yeah. Redding. You know, yeah. that's basically the yeah. uh, the size yeah. of it. But there were superpowers like the Egyptians, the Assyrians, yeah. the Babylonians, and then uh, the Greeks and Romans. And so, uh, thirty seconds. Can you say why it's important for this book for leaders? Oh, it, it for cr- leaders. For leaders, it creates a timeline of so you know, like Bible history at the tip of your tongue. And when somebody's giving you new information, when you're wondering, like, when did I, um, Isaiah write? You know, you know, he was sitting in Judah, looking over as. Israel, the northern king, was was destroyed by Assyria. And so, it, the flow of history in every yeah. book of the Bible, you kind of know the timetable of when it's happening. The context gives you even a better opportunity to interpret the Bible correctly. All right, Dan, was our first guest on Banning's Book Club. Well done. <laughs> well done. Are you going to give him a, a title within your club or something like that? Yeah, he can be the secretary. He's definitely the secretary. Uh, vice president. Uh, secretary. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll get back to you on the vice president <laughs> part. But right now, right now... I would treasurer. feel treasurer. Treasurer. <laughs> treasurer. A lot of money flowing through this book club, so treasurer would Oprah. be fine. Come on. Oprah, all right. Well, that's it with Bainey's Book Club. We want to tell you about an upcoming Jesus Culture event. Jesus Culture's Winter Conference Encounter is January 11th and 12th, 2013, in Redding, California at the Civic Auditorium. Speakers, worship leaders, and registration will be coming soon. Mark your calendars and join us for Jesus Culture Encounter 2013. Well, we're back here, Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast. And uh, we actually are finishing up this podcast with Banning being on the road. So we actually have Banning on the phone with us. Becky and I are here. Banning, you there? I am there. 
I am here. I am there. I'm, I'm here as well, and I'm there. In spirit yeah. and heart. Yeah, he's in two places at once. That's the mark of a true leader. And, and we just like <laughs> I'm to... I'm there in spirit, but I'm here physically. And so we, we like to mix things up here with the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast. We don't want to just finish it and make it easy in one spot. We want to show you real life in the Jesus Culture world. So, yeah. Banny, what are you doing? Where are you at? Uh, I am in Alabama right now. Alabama. What we want to do right now is wrap up our our second episode on, on brave communication leadership. And we actually have a couple questions that we want to kind of just talk about and have you answer and us close out this show. So are you ready or what? Dude, I, I'm so ready for this. This is awesome. Okay. The first question was, how do you create a culture and invest in leaders at a young age? Speaking of elementary, obviously, you know, we, we were talking more high school, um, young adult, but how do you get these values of uh, of leadership, even community, into young, you know, elementary young children at a young age? Well, I, I think it probably depends on the different contexts, but I, I think probably the, the answer I would say for all contexts is you got to model it. Ultimately, I think as leaders, uh, you know, most things are caught, and especially when it comes to community, it's not a sermon you hear, it's not a book you read, it's something you experience, you experience community. And so I think even at a young age, if they don't even, can, if they couldn't even fully wrap their head around the principles, um, they're experiencing and learning community by seeing it modeled in front of them. So us valuing people, us being able to work through conflict in an honorable way, us, you know, valuing people over tasks, things like that, I think, are um, are the things that are really going to communicate and teach young, young, young people. Uh, in a way that maybe they wouldn't get just from a sermon. Everybody's influencing people, you know. So I think just if we model it to the best we can, they're going to pick that up. There's a lot of stuff, obviously, that all of us just learned. And I'm like, I don't know who taught it to me. I just learned it because that's the culture that was created around me. There was a lot of buzz, a lot of good uh, feedback with the little war going on between you and Becky on uh, digital books or hard copy books. Did I win? Um, you know, the results will be in soon. I don't have that information in front of me. I can tell you. I can I can bet I'm going to win. Uh, <laughs> but the question for you, Banning, is what are you reading right now? I just finished, um, which, by the way, I am getting quite a bit of Twitter comment on people very excited to be a charter member in my book club. So I don't think we have as many as Oprah yet, but I think I'm slowly creeping up on Oprah with my book club numbers. But I just got <laughs> done with a book called The President's Club, and it's a book about the relationship between current presidents and former presidents and their interactions. It was brilliant. And now I'm currently reading a book called Multipliers, which is kind of a book on leadership and empowering people. And uh, It's actually interesting because— I just pulled up the results here of the poll, Banning. Yes. And it's a whopping um, 72% to 28%, and I'm, I'm in the lead. And, and oh, I'm, my gosh. These are from the polls, which we appreciate, uh, like Banning said, all your comments and feedback. And going to uh, JesusCulture.com forward slash podcast, yes. you get all the free downloads, if, whether it's a message or a resource, as well as there's a poll. And I mm -hmm. am looking at it as well, Banning, and she is correct. Okay, I was unaware that our podcast was reaching 75-year-old and older. <laughs> well, at any age, they uh, read books still. All right, I can, I can, I can deal with that. Okay. Well, listen, everyone. Um, tell your friends about the podcast. We want to get this out to as many people as possible. So, if you've listened to it and you're loving it and you've subscribed, make sure you're letting your your friends know about it. JesusCulture.com forward slash podcast. That's where you can. 
see the book club, the new poll, the music spotlight. We can get all the information, the latest episode, and follow us on Twitter at JC Podcast. So this is the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast. See you next month.